Well, aloha. Good morning from Maui. Good afternoon to the mainland. Good evening to Europe. Nice to be with you. This is Michael Benner, and you're listening to the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School, live from Hawaii. And uh, appreciate you being here. Mahalo. Thank you very much for joining us for today's class, which is, um, let's see, part four, uh, I believe, of our uh, series on Eastern philosophy. We did five parts earlier this summer when we first began this new format with the uh, Free Forum Mystery School from 1 to 1.30 Pacific Time and the premium program following from uh, 1.30 until 3. I think the first five were on the stress management. We talked about breathing and we talked about guided imagery and visualization, a little about the chakra system. And then a few weeks ago, we started this uh, series on Eastern philosophy, and we did an introductory class, sort of an overview. And Two weeks ago, a class on the Four Noble Truths from Buddhism. Last week, a class on the fetters, the ten kinds of old shackles or chains that hold us back and retard our spiritual growth areas to address. We talked about the first five, the lower fetters, and then the second five, a little more advanced, a little more difficult. And today we're going to talk about another core and key aspect of Eastern philosophy found in Buddhism, Hinduism, Taoism, uh, Confucianism, Jainism, Sikhism, uh, all through Eastern philosophy, and indeed uh, the West as well, in the contemplative traditions of Judaism, Christianity, and Sufism, which is found in Islam. And of course, there are contemplative traditions in shamanism and uh, pantheism, what's often called by the church in a derogatory way, paganism. Uh, that's technically pantheism, that divinity is in all things, and all things are in divinity. Sometimes called panentheism, to distinguish from the more pagan idea, I guess, that is just half of that equation, that God is in all things. The the church, Catholic and Protestant, and um, other organized religions, uh, they they tend not to like that pantheistic view because it's not regal enough to look at a worm and say that's God, or a bunny rabbit, or a flower, or a fungus, <laughs> you know, mold and algae, and say that's as divine as any other form of life. Uh, people have a hard time with that. But panentheism is the concept that both things are true, that the one life, the totality, uh, spiritual totality, is in every seemingly separated thing, and every one of those things is in the one life. That's a more complete understanding of core mysticism. And so whether you call it the contemplative traditions that we find in the West or mindfulness, uh, 
as it's often described, coming from Eastern philosophy. That's our topic for the day today. What is contemplation as a kind of meditation? A lot of folks, they believe the words are synonymous and that all meditation is contemplation. And that's really not true. Contemplation and mindfulness is a kind of meditation that could either be a complete clearing and emptying the mind of thoughts, or, as we're going to learn later in the premium training today, like insight meditation or vipassana, where you don't make any attempt to clear your mind of thoughts, but you dissociate from them. You become the mindful witness or the observer of what your mind is putting you through. (laughs) And you just sort of take a step back and look at the thoughts and let them have their way with you. But you don't get involved in clutching them, attaching to them, or believing that you need to believe everything they tell you. You Being driven by your thoughts is the reality that most people suffer through, and it creates the torment in their lives. And even if you say that to, to someone, they scratch their heads and look at, look at you like, what are you talking about? I'm not my thoughts. Of course I'm my thoughts. And then they go on about uh, their agony and their suffering, living a tormented life, uh, believing everything that floats through their minds. But of course our thoughts conflict each other. They're antagonistic. We have arguments. We have the experience of, wait a minute, on second thought. And so where does that come from? Uh, I mean, what upsets you most often is when your spouse or one of your kids or maybe your parents uh, or a friend of yours picks up a voice that you've already got in your head and starts making an argument that's already been going on in your head. And you find it particularly frustrating because you feel like saying, hey, I know that argument. I'm already arguing with myself about that. I don't need you to take sides. (laughs) And we get angry at the person who picks up that voice. Uh, If we are our thoughts, if that's who we are, if that's our identity, then what's with all the arguing? How could we be so conflicted? How could we experience this on second thought? Wait a minute. Well, hold on. I just realized. I just remembered. And we bounce all over the place. So uh, this is the agony that human beings suffer. And what's so exciting is that here we are in the year 2011, standing on the verge of understanding something that many millions of people have understood, but never in the numbers that we're approaching. We're about to hit a critical mass of a real significant number of women and men in the world understanding through the study of mindfulness that there's more to life than what you think. And similarly, more than your emotions. I mean, there is great wisdom in looking at emotions when they are calm and when they are managed. But to say you are your feelings when your emotions can vary so widely and turn on a dime 
the fact that emotions as an archetype have been portrayed or symbolized by water, sometimes mercury, because it's so fluidic, it's so flexible, it's so changeable. I mean, water can go from a solid as ice to a gas, as steam vapor, and then back to a liquid again. It's always changing, and so are your emotions. You know, you're angry one minute and calm the next, and then you feel so kind and loving, and then you could just throttle the person that a moment ago you felt so kind and compassionate toward. Uh, So we're not our thoughts, we're not our feelings. And how are we going to discover the truth of who we are, the awareness, the consciousness? Or maybe the best word is just understanding. How do we understand understanding, capital U, understanding? How do we know the self? I mean, this is an admonition you've heard all your lives. Know thyself. According to Plato and Socrates, it was inscribed in Greek over the oracle to Apollo at Delphi 4,000 years ago. Imagine on the way into church, there's a sign over the door that says, know thyself. Right? You think your problems are with other people and the world around you. But all of that is ultimately a projection of you. It's not what's being done to you. It's how you look at what's being done to you. It's how you respond to what you think is coming at you. Right? The law of attraction is becoming better known. This is just you reap what you sow. An ancient admonition. The golden rule. Treat other people the way you'd like to be treated because that's the law of life. A law like gravity. And in the give and take, the back and forth, the life, the, the, the idea that life is done to you and it flows from you. Well, yeah, it's a two-way street, but the part that flows from you is what initiates what comes at you. And if you're not initiating your life, you're only reacting or responding, that's still true. The seeds that you sow may be the result of a harvest from the previous season, but in the give and take, the back and forth, it's what you sow, you shall reap, right? You're not limited to sowing what you harvested in the previous season. It's not whatsoever ye reap, you shall sow. Whatever is done to you, you will do to others. That's all backwards, and yet that's what a lot of folks want. Well, if you love me, then I'll love you. If you forgive me, then maybe, if you're lucky, I, <laughs> I, I might consider ending this grudge. But you got to go first. We want to receive and then give. But all of the admonitions and all of the cultures and all of the religious and philosophical traditions say, no, sorry, it's reap and then it's sow and then reap. See, I almost did it myself. (laughs) It's sow and then reap. It's give and then receive. It's do unto others or do for others as you would have them treat you. Okay, so in that yin and yang, that back and forth, that give and take, it's the giving that initiates. That's how you start the cycle. That's how you initiate a new cycle 
You don't have to react. You can consciously respond. So if we're not our thoughts and we're not our feelings, we are our mindfulness. And mindfulness is a kind of a practice like meditation, like contemplation, where you detach and step back from your thoughts and feelings. Either look at the gaps between your thoughts or simply watch your thoughts and watch your feelings. Watch what they do. Watch them change. Watch the ebb and flow. It's like you can, if you listen to a bell ringing in the distance, you could think about bells and imagine what kind of bell it is and where it is and what people are doing ringing that bell, why it's ringing, what's going You could think about the bell all day long. Or you could just listen to the bell ringing. You could be mindfully aware of your experience in the present moment, listening to the ringing of the bell. Christ talked about this when he said you have to be like children to become enlightened, to enter nirvana, to use a Buddhist word, or to go to heaven, to the kingdom, to enter the kingdom, you have to be like children. Well, what does that mean? It means less thinking. It means just listen. It means there was a time when you were willing to just lay on the grass and watch the clouds float by. As an adult, that's very difficult to do. You keep looking at your watch and wondering if you're late. You, you're concerned that somebody might see you out there laying on the grass. And what would they think? Oh, my goodness. What, what are they doing out there in their business suit? Or <laughs> why aren't they at work? Why aren't they out there fighting the traffic? What, what's the deal? They're just laying on the grass? Maybe there's something wrong with them. This is the fear people have of meditating in public. What if somebody thinks I'm dead? Nobody closes their eyes in a public place. Everybody's too frightened and too fearful, or or at least too concerned about what other people think. Uh, don't you see how we're tormented by that? And then when the situation naturally unfolds and resolves itself, and in the end everything's okay and all your fears were for naught, Notice how we tend to take credit as if all that mental and emotional torment and all that worry and all that anxiety somehow created the resolution. <laughs> it's like thinking because you get emotionally involved in a movie, sitting in a movie theater, that somehow you determined the ending of the movie. I got news for you. The the, <laughs> the ending of the movie is predetermined before you even buy the ticket or even begin to eat your butter popcorn. Uh, and so it is with life. Things are fine. They're just fine. Virtually everything that you see as a problem or a concern, you've invented. You made up. And to some extent, uh, we have to make some sacrifices to thought. We have to take little diversions and excursions into problem-solving and decision-making. We want to create goals and accomplish things. Certainly, I'm not opposed to that. 
But when you go into a thought stream, know that it's a diversion. And realize that you can go home again to peace and contentment, free from thinking and all these wild emotions, anytime you'd like, provided you have a practice of mindfulness. Let me define mindfulness as simply as I can, and then we'll do a little exercise. And if you'd like to join us for the premium training, which follows immediately at uh, 1.30 in about 10 minutes, 12 minutes from now, if you're already enrolled, we'll see you. You've already got the URL and the password that you need. If you haven't done so, you can just go in a few minutes during the three- or four-minute break between. And uh, even if it's a few minutes into class, you can. it's not a problem. You can pop in and listen to the replay later in a day or two or a week or a month or a year from now. Uh, once you enroll in the class, you can listen live and listen an unlimited number of times to the replay. But just go to theagelesswisdom.com. The T-H-E is part of it. The W is dot theagelesswisdom.com. And click on webinars. The free form is there with the archive and all of these introductory programs. And you'll also see a big area on the right side that says premium training and if you go in there in less than 60 seconds you can sign up for a single class or a term or a year it's uh, 6.95 if you buy the classes one at a time and just use your atm card you know credit debit however you want to work it out it's like Amazon or any online purchase. Wim, bang, boom, boom. You're done in no time at all. And the thank you page will give you the URL and the password you need. Hold on to that so you can listen to the replays. Collect them. And then you'll always have these programs and the exercises uh, available to you. Theagelesswisdom.com. Click on premium training when you get there to enroll to register for the upcoming class at 1.30 every Sunday afternoon Pacific time. And that would be, of course, 4.30 Eastern time. So I think probably the simplest definition I can give you of mindfulness is to be aware of your experience of living right now in this time, right here in this place without judgment or analysis. Free from thinking about a thing, just simply observing it. Fascinated, right? You know the feeling. I mean, if we sat on the shore of the ocean, had a nice comfy beach chair, and you came out here to visit us in Maui, and we went down to the beach and sat right there in the shore and watched the waves roll in. You could easily sit there for an hour and do nothing but watch the waves. And occasionally, thoughts and feelings would drift through. You might start thinking of home. You might start thinking of a problem that you have. You might begin to worry about this or that or the other thing. And then you'd say, wait a minute, I'm on the beach in Maui. What am I doing? I mean, <laughs> it's a beautiful day. Well, the trade 
winds are blowing and the palm trees are swaying and the beautiful music and hula girls and well, I'm out of my mind. Let, <laughs> let go of all of that and just watch the waves roll in and the peace and the contentment. Let it just fill you, wash over you, cleanse you of this mental and emotional torment. Just be in the moment. See the waves. Listen to the sound of the waves. Hear the wind in the trees and the birds. Uh, feel the warmth of the sun on your face. And you, just immerse yourself in the experience of the moment. Again, you did this as a child. And you found that time stood still. Remember those lazy summers that seemed to go on forever and ever? It was only three months before you went back to school, but it was like, my God, uh, uh, you know, that was a hundred baseball games, and it was all these different adventures we had. It's a practice. Let's do it now. Close your eyes. Get comfortable. Do some shoulder shrugs and head rolls and get all loose. And then sit up straight, balanced, receptive, aligned, as if you are a path of least resistance. And taking a slow, deep breath, inhaling, fill your lungs and hold for a moment as you peak. And then as you exhale and feel the letting go, identify as the one who lets go all the way out. And then inhale again, a nice, slow, deep breath, pulling in strength and power, pause for a moment at the peak, and now letting go. Ah, I am the one who lets go of my thoughts, my breath, my feelings, to be mindfully in the moment. Let your breathing find its natural rhythm. Maybe place your attention at the bottom of your nose. and A wonderful place to begin to learn mindfulness meditation is simply by witnessing without thought, without an emotional charge, the simple ebb and flow of your breathing. The in-breath and the out-breath. Like the waves, like the tides, like the seasons, like the years, around and around. There is no end. There's no beginning. It's just the wheel of life, the natural ebb and flow that you witness and watch. And when you find that your mind is trying to get your attention, and sometimes more than one idea will compete for your attention, Instead of doing what you usually do and following that thought stream or climbing on that train of thought, you just let the thought go as if to say, I'm busy right now. 
paying attention to my breathing. I'll get back to you later on that. Don't fight it. Don't struggle. Don't resist. Acknowledge the distraction. And then gently put your attention back on your breathing. If it's a sound, a barking dog, a crying baby, somebody yelling in the distance, a similar distraction, or a, an ache, a pain, an itch in your body, some sensation that tries to distract you, it's a little game your brain is playing with you. Dismiss it. Say, I'll get back to you later on that. Right now, I'm just going to watch my breathing and be fascinated and the way my body breathes itself, all by itself. And I am more than the thinker. I am more than the one who breathes. I am the I am, the witness, the one that observes and experiences the breath in and out and round about. And this is peace. And this is contentment. As if everything in your life is just fine and time stands still. And you can find a few minutes every day to practice this introduction to mindfulness. Tell yourself, this doesn't take time, this makes time stand still. Take a nice, slow, deep breath, preparing to come back to the wide awake state. Pause, and as you exhale, identify as the one who lets go, and open your eyes now, wide awake and alert. Rested, refreshed, feeling fine, better than before, back in the room. And there's a little practice for you. Why don't you join us for the premium training? We're going to go into depth and detail for about 90 minutes, beginning in just three or four minutes at a different website. So enroll to get the location and the password at theagelesswisdom.com. Go there just to enroll. Click on the webinars, the w's.theagelesswisdom.com. If you're listening now to the podcast rather than the live program, you can do the same thing and sign up for the upcoming class every Sunday right after this free forum. This starts at 1, the premium training at 1.30. And we'll see you there. Mahalo, thank you, aloha, appreciate you being here. Have a beautiful, wonderful day. Share this program with other people. Forward the newsletter to them. And use the Send One to a Friend gadget to do the same thing. And we'll see you, hopefully, at the premium training in just a few minutes. Be gentle, love life, take care of each other. This is Michael Benner. Aloha from Maui.